ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Chris and Andre Show. This is going uh, to be the G-O-A-T, the GOAT episode, right? <laughs> yes, it'll be the, the G-O-A-T episode. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad you're here, and um, like always, I'm Andre. And I am Chris. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some stuff today. Um, well, and that'll be a little different from what we normally do. Uh, yeah, usually yeah. we talk about things, uh, <laughs> but today it's going to be stuff. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have time for things. We might, well, we might, we'll see. I don't know. We yeah. ran super long last week, although none of you have heard that episode yet. Cause, and please don't worry that Chris is falling back into his old habits. Um, <laughs> Because he's not this, he's already told Andre that he'll have uh, last week's episode number veinte dos up uh, mañana. So I'm just gonna. Wow, that was very good. Very good. Sprinkle in a little bit of espanol. Oh can, gosh, I know. make it make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> make it stop. Pop culture. So I don't know if you ever watched The Ranch on Netflix with, um, gosh, uh, Danny Masterson, Danny Masterson, Ashton Kutcher, uh, what's his name, Sam? Who's the guy that's married to Demi Moore for a little bit? Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sam. uh, I can never remember his last name, but I love him so much. Um, Yeah. And I was he was just in the episode of Grace and Frankie that I was watching last night. Yes, I yes. Uh, gosh, what yeah, was his name? I'm gonna look it up because this is I'm looking it up right now. Sam Elliott. It is Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Love why. that guy. Uh, but yeah, he's back in the news. They so they wrote him off the show, uh, the season before last, and they brought in uh, Kristen Bell's husband. What's his name? Dax Shepard. Dax Dax Shepard. Yeah, and they. I guess he had he got caught in the Me Too like uh, tidal wave, and yeah, it sucks. Now he's back in the news, and he's got like what two convictions of sexual assault, or was it? It's not convictions, but um, charges, right? Charges, charges. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched a little bit of the ranch. Um, it's hilarious. You have to go all the way through, dude. I'll be honest, and I'm probably gonna catch crap for this whenever this episode airs but um i don't really like ashton kutcher i just especially on that show i just i really his accent drives me nuts (laughs) that's that's what you that's your speed i mean like i i can't no you know what i'm not sorry that's, I That's just, I can't, I can't get past it. The show's hilarious. It's hilarious. And there's, there are parts of it that I like, and there are moments that I have laughed at, but overall, I just kind of find myself rolling my eyes. And, <laughs> and so I just, I, but at the same time, like, you know, I, 
I may have said somewhat similar things about like Grace and Frankie, you know, uh, a while ago, and I don't feel that way anymore. So who knows? You know, maybe maybe I'm being overly critical and I'll go back and watch it at some point and appreciate it for all its glory. But I also I mean, then I like I kind of like Danny Masterson, you know, just in, as an actor. Um, like I, I thought he was pretty funny on like that 70s show. I knew he was super in with all the Scientologist stuff, so that yeah. always kind of mm. had me on on kind of on guard with him. And then when yeah, like when all the Me Too, you know, or accusations, um, you know, of, of sexual assault uh, and rape came against him, I was kind of like, yeah, I think that's probably enough. Like, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, and and I always say that I don't care too much about the personal lives of celebrities. Yeah. And that's that's the reason. There's some things like you know, you, like, like you said, you like things I don't want to know. Yeah, I just don't want to know. Like, yeah, you know. I, and I think like, just to just to be clear, it's not like you you'd rather they didn't get caught for that stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying rape's okay as long as I don't know about it. Right. I'm saying like I don't care if you're a Scientologist. Like that like Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Like I I watch Mission Impossible movies because they make me laugh. I watch Tom Cruise movies because I know he's gonna start sprinting or riding a motorcycle in nine out of ten movies. He's Here's a question do... for you though. Huh? What about voting with your wallet? Aren't you in a sense supporting Scientology and the Church of Scientology by watching Tom Cruise movies and other shows with actors in it when you know that some of that money is going to be funneled back into the church? I don't really care about like I don't have any beef with Scientologists. Okay. <laughs> I just like that's what you want to practice. That's have at it, you know? That's it's a personal choice, yeah. Okay. I was just just curious. Yeah, I, I, the Scientologists have never come at me like that, so I don't really, I don't really care. I think I, I think I will white people I, are more afraid of Scientology than maybe black people. I don't know. Maybe that's not. Maybe it's not a divide on racial lines, and I'm just equating yeah. that because I'm white and I'm scared of Scientologists, and you're black. Yeah, because you, you guys not, like. But. I guess you guys are frail in whatever you believe, right? I do have a problem with the okay, church. Okay, wait, frail. <laughs> I think frail is a, that's, that's messed, them's that's fighting words, up. my friend. That's messed up. I know. I just said you're frail. <laughs> but I do have beef with like, and I know a, a good handful of Mormons, but one Mormon or a person that said he was a practicing Mormon, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Wait, I, so you don't like Mormons because of one Mormon? No, they, they get like a special like, they get, they get a spot on my radar because, because of one, but because you haven't had any personal interactions with say like Scientologists. Yeah. I, I got okay. no beef with them. Okay. They can, they can practice, believe in UFOs. I don't really care. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I get like fair, you know, I guess. With all of the, you're well, the conspiracy guy. I, mean, I am, I am, you know, I am the conspiracy guy. Um, we were going to try and record today's episode and uh, now I think when we do, or when I said we were going to try and record, we were going to try and record the video of today's episode on Zoom, but we were having some issues getting good audio coming through. Um, but if we do, I think what I'll make sure I'll do is have a tinfoil hat that I can put on. <laughs> you 
You're such an idiot. Because yeah. no, so it's funny. I've had a note in my because I have a list in my in my phone on one of my note things in there of the jokes that I come up with or that Helena comes up with because she is now like half my inspiration for the jokes that I get at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I'm not watching you talk with a tinfoil hat, bro. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> no, no, no. But see, hear me out. Hear me out. Because I've had one of the, the sections underneath the jokes is like podcast topics or like, you know, new segments that we could do. And I've got one, which is Chris's conspiracy corner. <laughs> right. Because first alliteration and I just, you know, I love alliteration. And ever since I learned what alliteration was in like sixth grade, I've just been like yeah, all about, about alliteration, <laughs> even all about alliteration. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I don't I'm care. I'm not nerd. Watch, what can I say? I, I'm not watching you talk with freaking tinfoil on your head, bro. Okay. All right. So, Danny, yo, Danny, it's sad to see, and I'm not. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Like, it's like, yeah. If I was a celebrity, like, think about it. Like, there, you got there's got to be you're into some freaky, kinky stuff. If you're a celebrity, and now you're like in that whole rape squad. Yeah. Well, but see, I think, I think part of it is also like a sense of entitlement, you know? Okay. Like, I think because you, some people, right, get to a point where it's like, well, what are you going to do? Right? Who are you? I'm, I'm Danny freaking Masterson, you know? And I know that that sounds kind of ridiculous, but like, I'm sure, you know, within certain Hollywood circles, like, yeah, like he, and and I guess that's part of my issue with like Scientology, at least with some of the practices of the church, is like they were key in kind of making a lot of this stuff go away for a while. Like, do you are you saying he didn't pay his dues or something, and then like he's on the outs? No, not necessarily. Oh, yeah. so I think it got to a point where it was kind of like beyond what they were able to. Because I, what I understood from stories that I had read a few like years ago when this stuff first kind of came out was that there was a lot of like kind of hush money and like threatening, you know, like behavior, like you know, almost right. like blackmail sort of stuff, um, or like we'll f- kill your family. Um, when those initial like things were kind of happening, but I mean, whether or not there's, I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah, they're, they're, we don't I'm know if that's valid. And that's why I'm always like, when I hear stuff about celebrities, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and I move on. Like, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't subscribe to TMZ. I don't really like. I try to. I'm with you in that. In general, I try to stay out of that stuff. And I, I used to be more, I guess, kind of like obsessed. Not even obsessed, but just one. I, I used to stay that. up with it more than yeah. I do now. Not these days. I'm just like, I got way more. I mean, fuck, we've got way more important things to worry <laughs> about. I laugh when you see like a new, you know, celebrity, uh, online, like, I, I don't know. Did you see this? Like I take responsibility campaign where it was like mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci and a couple, like some other white celebrities basically like saying, you know, that they're, they accept the responsibility on their part of, you know, the racist system that's been built because they've, you know, either stood idly by and watched things happen or they haven't advocated enough or whatever it is. And there's this, like, I guess there's a website, takeresponsibility.org that somebody put together where you can basically like sign up for which one, which thing you feel most responsible or most guilty of. 
Um, that's weird, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You know, like I'm just sitting here listening to that. Like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Well, and so I mean, it kind of made me think back to like when all the coronavirus shutdown stuff happened, and you had, you know, first you had like the celebrities who were singing, like, what was it, um, "We Are the World" or whatever, or, like, yeah. you know, and, or uh, what? No, it was a uh, uh, Imagine, right? Right. The John yeah, Lennon yeah, yeah. song, yeah. and it's like. Thanks. Uh, instead of, you know, like more. donating some money to help, like, you know, people that need it, you sing a song on Instagram. That's great. Um, yeah, poor Ganga, though. She got played for that, yo. Yeah, <laughs> well, and then it's like, you know, at what point do celebrities think that, no offense, normal people want to sit there while they're stuck inside their house and can't go out, you know? They want to sit there and see The Rock talking about how he can, you know, if I can work out, you can work out. And it's like, yeah, you've got literally a 16,000 square foot facility in your house for your your barbells alone, my friend. Like, you know, not. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's only so much I want to know about celebrities. But that's where I think, like, you know, stuff like that makes me sit here and wonder like how much longer until there is just like revolts and uprising. And it's, I mean, it's straight on like, you know, the freaking uh, like French revolution where we're just chopping people's heads off on Hollywood Avenue. Cause we've what? had enough of this shit. Yeah. Like, oh, you will eat your cake. You will eat your cake today, baby. I don't know. Yeah. I hope it, I hope it doesn't come to that. Um, but... Yeah. But we keep putting money in their pockets, you know? Well, and that's what I'm saying, you know, with like the vote with your wallet kind of stuff, right? You know, um, I'm certainly less interested in, in, I guess, investing in the well-being of those individuals anymore. I mean, I I don't know. I wasn't wasn't necessarily real like doing it um, consciously, you know. But right, I think the more and more that you and I have had these conversations, and the more that things have kind of I think started to deteriorate in society. <laughs> the more it just makes you question, like where are you kind of investing and what you're supporting, and so. The I heard a man. Wallet. I heard a, a a pastor say some years ago, like you can tell um, a lot about a person by how they balance their checkbook, what what companies are in their checkbook, and it just. You know, that's stuck with me for, I, what, a, I'm a little bit older, but almost 20 years where you start to realize like, yeah, you can really tell your allegiances by who you give your money to. Um, but you're not, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, if I think about it this way, I think there's a lot of companies that are, you know, actually starting to wake up to the whole social media thing. Like influencers are getting a, a bum rap right now. I, I've run across a, a handful of articles where, it's basically saying like their 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 marketing efforts are basically basically centered around them, yep. right? And they're taking advantage of you know the the Black Lives Matter movement and all you know all the protests and what have you. And I, and I'm actually I ran across an article talking about how it's more than likely going to be a thing like pretty soon that micro communities like those private sub communities are going to become more and more of a thing. So yeah. I think that the social media train is running out of steam. And even though they take cars off the train, it's not going to be able to make the distance. <laughs> it's like it's dragging itself down. So, yeah. You know, I think, um, 
it's kind of interesting because I think with a lot of the the social media power kind of culminated around 2016 with what kind of happened with Cambridge Analytica and yeah. you know the all of the targeted advertising and it certainly you know I think maybe even continued to to kind of you know. <laughs> It's like when that rocket runs out of steam, but momentum's still kind of taking it up. <laughs> but then ultimately, you know, gravity is going to take hold. And yeah. I think that's kind of what we're starting to see now is, you know, with a lot of, I think even people on, you know, the, I think even conservative people are Trump supporters who may have even been targeted as part of those, you know, ads are recognizing the issues with the amount of data and information that's kind of just out there floating around. Right. And I think just in general, you have a more of a pushback from people on kind of the, I guess the lack of power that we, that I think we feel like we have right now, you know, I don't, I don't see. I struggle with the whole power dynamic thing. Uh, I understand the, uh, the societal like balance of power where there's obviously a, a political and a socioeconomic power and that most of that, uh, lies with white people. And then there's everybody else. But I also think that, that people have a, they have an innate like reaction to, or more of a visceral reaction to what's wrong. You know, I, I think that over time people have started to be able to just discern for themselves, like when something's just obviously wrong. So I do kind of feel like the power balance for the society. And I've always believed that society will change and, and make exceptions to rules before legislation. You know, and you can look throughout history and see that in our country where, you know, society, you know, society will say, no, that's wrong. We're not going to do that anymore. You know, um, so I think that that's kind of one of the other reckonings that we're dealing with right now. Um, and I don't think the power is going to stay so much in, you know, the, the, the top 10 tech companies. And I, I don't know how and when it happened, but tech got really powerful really quick. So it's so funny. Uh, I was uh I was having a conversation with my dad earlier and we were talking about, you know, with this, you know, this shift to kind of remote, right? Remote workers that and I think you and I talked about this earlier where tech companies should have been at the forefront of that, right? Like they should have understood and recognized that you don't need gigantic campuses and right. big fancy flashy buildings. And I think I started thinking that what kind of happened is it's almost like the technology people wanted to supplant finance and oil and, you know, whatever else had kind of been at the top of the pecking order business wise in this country. And so in order to do that and establish your authority, you build a giant building, right? To basically say, like, look how big my dick is now that I've put it on the table. Right. And 
I know that there's other benefits, right, to establishing headquarters, like you have influence within those areas. Uh, so, you know, like Google and everybody else in Silicon Valley, like the bigger your building is there, the more people that you have in that area, the more influence that you yield in that area. And therefore, then, you know, the more that the government is going to want to come to you and ask you for favors or give you things in order to make you happy. Because if you're not happy, then, you know, you're going to piss all over whatever it is that they want to get done it's it's this whole yeah, I, you know cyclical thing but yeah i don't disagree i mean look what tesla did in california i mean yeah. they've got them by the you know literally by the sack and but they um, didn't do the same thing in texas right right <laughs> because texas don't get two winks about tesla they're like <laughs> now we're good uh the thing i like about texas they actually have trucks they only manufacture in texas like I saw an F uh, two fifty that they only make in Texas. I saw a couple of like I would never buy a Dodge Ram. Is it but, like the Texas Ranch? Uh, yeah, Ranch Hand or whatever edition. Yeah, yeah the, I think like the Texas edition ones. They they only make them. In they Texas. only make them in Texas. Like like good luck. I mean that's a good selling point. You know, I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> brand it with Texas, it uh, Texas is the place to to have it be made. So. Yeah, but I, I think the shift is, I mean, the shift is definitely coming, you know, coming about. And I, I especially with social media, I, I'm seeing more pullback and people are, are uh, depending more on newsletters and, and what have you. The private micro community, like philosophy, it's just a, it's a big cycle. You know, we, we went the whole, let's have everything open and with public access. And that has yielded nothing, uh, to get you in a Twitter war with like, uh, with with Donald Jacqueline um, Trump, <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, it's um it's interesting because one of the things that I've been doing lately is going through my social media feeds and my emails and purging, just doing massive purges and right. getting down to the point where it's like, all right, these are the things I actually either a need or be want to see. And there's little else that shows up, especially like in my inbox at this point. Right. And it's been very cathartic. <laughs> and just, I mean, like it's, it's certainly lowered my stress level because I don't find myself like, you know what it is, is it's like when you, when you have those apps on your phone and you see the stupid little one or the little circle, Saying you got a notification, you're like, well, I wonder what that is. And so then you click and then it's it's some stupid ad, you know, or it's a right. you know, if it's Facebook, it's almost always like, you know, so and so's having a live video. And I'm like, I don't freaking care. <laughs> like, I why? And I and you tell me I have to go through and disable that for every single profile that I follow. Same thing with Instagram. Like they and they do it because they know that it, the more that they can annoy you, the more often you're gonna check your stuff. And it's just like, I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, nope, everybody, nobody gets access to my notifications. Hey, I mean, we, we all know it's happening, but if you look at the, the low tech media, like we're, everything is changing right now. Like uh, I, like the, even political cartoons, they're going bye-bye. <laughs> so. Well, I, uh, I mean, if they're not politically correct cartoons, then. <laughs> but are, are we going to miss the discourse? Right. Yes. That's that's the of course, that's the fine line that that newspapers are, are straddling, 
Well, that's because well, nobody wants to offend anybody anymore. And it's not, I don't even think it's necessarily about like a left or right deal. It's really just that like nobody wants to be offended. And there's a lot of people on the extremes that feel like unless you listen to the craziness that I have to say and at least tell me to my face that what I say makes sense, then, you know, you're a bigot or you're a, you know, whatever it is. Like, you know, and then it becomes a whole shouting match again. But isn't there a difference between being like offended intellectually and being hateful? Those, those two things are not the same. No, but I think. But think about that. That was very deep, right? Yeah. I can be offended, but it makes me think about what are you trying to say? But if you're just being hateful, screw you. Like, I, I don't need you for that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't have time for hatefulness. Yeah. You know, um, Like, if we don't have the discourse, if we don't have the, and again, it has to be a conversation. It can't just be hateful to be hateful because it's Tuesday. But I, I think the problem I have is that it's a fine line. It's a very, very fine line. And people are, are willing, you know, we're, we're willing to sacrifice one for the overall comfort of everybody else. And, and I'm not saying that you, we should allow hate. I'm saying we should be okay at some degree with feeling uncomfortable and exploring the topic that somebody's trying to present. Yes, I agree. Uh, and I, I guess I wonder like, is what we're seeing now an extension of the, I think kind of emboldening of people with online, you know, communication in this open forum, but in a semi-anonymous way, you know, or at least in a seemingly anonymous way where people felt, you know, like, well, because I'm saying this through a keyboard and typing it out on a computer screen, it's not like I'm saying this to your face, but are we getting to a point now where to some degree, kind of like the, the trolls of old have seen, you know, that this works just as well in public, especially <laughs> over the last four years. I mean, like, so. It's time for politics. I don't know if we want to dive into politics. Um, or if you want to hold off on that. But I, I, I guess. My, it's fine, man. Bring it on. So. It was interesting. Uh, I think I mentioned I was having a conversation with my dad. He had called me yesterday, was listening to episode 21, I think it was. Um, and he had a little bit of feedback, said, you know, I love what you guys are doing. I think you might be a little tough on Donald Trump. And okay. I had I I I'll be honest. I kind of laughed at first and was like, "Yeah, okay, dad." And then I kept thinking about it. And then, you know, you had sent me that Joe Rogan uh podcast this morning um with Brett and I'm going to forget his last name now. Um but it's the one from 4 days ago that everybody's mad at Joe Rogan about because he said that you know, the Democratic Party is hiding obvious uh cognitive issues with Joe Biden. Um, which it's a, a stupid argument, but whatever. Stupid in the in the sense that there's no way they're doing that. 
stupid in the sense that, like, it's look at Donald. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Jermaine uh, Trump. Right. <laughs> like Jermaine is messing up every day. Like Jermaine. Can't I don't disagree, right. and I don't. You know, I don't think. So listening to the because if again right like we we see kind of that headline thing right like a Joe Rogan says you know uh, Joe Biden isn't fit to be president basically or Dems are hiding issue with you know Joe Biden but he okay. he also in that same episode you know talked about what a terrible president Donald Trump has been you know so it's not like he was sitting there saying we should vote for Joe, Donald, Joe Biden or that Donald Trump is the guy who should, it should be right. It's just Donald Jack in the box. Trump <laughs> is like one of the worst people. He is. I'm not. So here's He's, the thing. I'm not, right, I am not I, here to defend him. I want to hear your dad's argument because I want to be respectful. And this wasn't even necessarily his argument. This was more just, that was his point. It was like, I think you guys are being a little tough on him. And I, after listening to the first couple of hours of that interview, with Brett, what's his name? Um, I started thinking about we we talk on this up on this podcast about treating the root cause and not the symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, feel free to disagree. I should say, but I think that Donald Trump is much more a symptom than he is a root cause. I I do agree with that. I think Donald Jimmy the, Jimmy the Cricket Trump is more so a the reaction of the country and of we don't like the swamp. Right? But I think Americans forgot that they keep putting the people we keep putting these people in office. Right. You know, like I said in that same episode, think about it. I can't be mad at Mitch McConnell. I've kind of got to be mad at Kentucky for keep you know putting this guy back in office unless there's some other reason why he keeps getting re- reelected. Right. I can't assume that uh, Lindsey Graham is this bad person because that's the representative of South Carolina. So I'm not necessarily saying that Donald uh, Jack in the Box, you know, Trump is the problem. He is just a reflection of the people of this country. Yeah. And so I understand I, I totally understand your 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 dad's point. He's right. But when I think about it that much more, I mean, Donald Jumping Jack Flash Trump is a reflection of where we were in 2016. I don't like Hillary Clinton. I'm not voting for her. I really will never vote for a Democrat. And then you have the extremist that the racist part of that group and the part of the group that really confuses me the most are the people that say they're, they're Christians. Yeah. It's like, yo, you cannot, the, there's no way on God's green earth that you can actually think he represents your values. They do though. <laughs> I mean, like that's the crazy thing is I think like at, at maybe not even like represents as in embodies, but represents as in will do whatever he kind of thinks, you know, it is that they want. No, it is him. their values. It, okay. it is a reflection of their values. Okay. It, it, I hate to say it. And I, I'm sure, you know, anybody would pr- disagree with me if you want, but he is a reflection of your values because he, he's not hidden or changed who has shown himself to be. 
not once, from grabbing them by the pussies to, you know, very fine people on both sides to I have a great relationship with the blacks. I mean, the guy is a he's a racist xenophobe. And I, I hate to say it, America, especially white America, at some level, you have to accept responsibility that that, that you are OK. With a little bit of who you are with racism, <laughs> like and that's the that's a reality. And I would say to anybody that's that quote unquote any evangelical, I don't know what the hell that means. As a Christian, that that whole term confuses me. It's like I don't get it. Doesn't mean anything to me. Because being a student of the Bible, I can tell you that there's one true fact. Americans do not worship the God of the Bible. They worship the American God where it's cookie cutter. I want to feel better about myself. It's a, this God that they worship supports the American dream. So like buddy With, Christ from, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like uh Talladega nights, you know, uh, yeah. baby infant mm-hmm. Jesus in a manger. Yeah. Like we, the, the, and, and I believe that wholeheartedly because when you think about it, the reason why people look to religion is because there is a, there is a, known defect in most human beings and that is how do we get here (laughs) right how do you know why why do we have life what's the purpose of all those very philosophical deep questions that people spend hours upon hours you know pondering and i hate to say it americans do not worship the god of the bible it's just it's just not even factual and i I, I did write an article about it just to kind of briefly share my thoughts on it, but prove me wrong because the God of the Bible, the G, even the Jesus of the Bible, the, the Jew, the Middle Eastern Jew hated racism. He, he actually spoke about racism a lot. The, the apostle Paul who wrote most of the new Testament spoke about racism. And even if, if I want to make it even more simple, if you're not even Jewish, you're a Gentile, which means by by definition, you're in a different group than the the Jews. So it's a welcoming religion of people of different backgrounds and you know origins and ethnicities. So to say that you're to to be a Christian and racist, it's impossible. Yeah, the, the two things literally cannot go hand in hand. And yet. yeah, so. I mean, so I, I, I understand your dad, your dad's not wrong. Yeah. And, and it's certainly, I think more than anything, it's not going to stop me from criticizing him, you know, but it is going to put, it is going to remind me that, you know, as much as anything, right. He may be part of the problem right now, but you know, I, I think he's speaking the truth for Donald Juniper Trump. Yeah. I mean, Donald Jalopy Trump is not. (laughs) <laughs> the he is he is merely a reflection of where our value or values are not were but are remain to be starting or coming to surface in 2016 yeah. and wherever you fall in that spectrum of you didn't like hillary you'll never vote for a democrat or you're just a racist the only the only group i would ever have an argument with is the ones that say they believe in god Period. You can't, you can't believe in God and then support that crap. And if you did it the first time in 2016, 
nothing but forgiveness. But prove my point wrong that the God that you worship is not the American God. Because if it's true, if, if we worship the American, the, the American God is, is so weak and pathetic, it, it doesn't even bear like the argument. But, but your dad is not wrong. Like, and I'm not trying to, I am not trying to, you know, harp. I don't want to give Donald that much attention, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So I don't think he deserves it. Well, and I think that was, that was my other, yeah, my other point is kind of like, instead of spending a bunch of time focused on, on a symptom, right? Like, let's continue to focus on the root cause. And yeah, like we can be mad, as mad at the symptom, right? As we want. Um, but there is like, getting mad at him isn't going to fix, you know, like it, he, since he's not the root cause, we got, we got other bigger fish to fry as well. Yeah. And I watched his, uh, I actually watched part of his rally in Tulsa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Riveting. Oh my gosh. It, it was painful. It, it was absolutely painful. This guy explained for almost 30 minutes walking down a ramp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the people lined up and I didn't want to watch it, but Tattoo was like, I want to see what he says. I was like, I really don't, (laughs) but I watched it anyway. And it was, he didn't, he did not disappoint. I mean, the guy is who he, who he shows us to be, man. And the people like, and the people that were supporting him, if that's, yo, if that's what you like, there's nothing wrong with that. There, there's at, because we keep talking. To, I don't know. We keep, we keep talking about our rights as Americans, right? Sure. And if that's what they want to support, hey, have at it. Because that way of life only gets you so far. It really, it only gets you so far. To the White House, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that was. A, I think. Hopefully, the United States has learned that. Yeah, we can never do that again. We I don't know. Do- I mean, I I would hope so as well. I I guess I, and this is maybe kind of surprising, I don't have as much faith in us as a country that, that we'll just kind of collectively get our shit together and go like, well, that was really dumb. Let's not touch the stove again. Um, I think that as Americans, we are much more like goldfish in that it's kind of like, ow, that hurt. Ow, that hurt. Ow, that hurt. You know, like like we we just don't really seem to get it. Um or at least that it just takes us a lot longer to come around to it. And I mean, I think you know, it's uh not even necessarily like again, right? We're dealing with a lot of issues that are all kind of piling on top of each other right now, I think is is part of, you know, why this feels a little different and why I think you have so much kind of I guess so much of a visceral reaction to a lot of what's been happening on both sides. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. um, But it's just I I, people's reactions to to these changes and like kind of the the some of the push and momentum forward. I think is interesting. Um, You know, somebody decided to hang a noose in Bubba Wallace's. Uh, garage apparently over the weekend down in Talladega and somebody else decided to hire an airplane to fly over the speedway with a a Confederate flag and a defund NASCAR uh, (laughs) banner. Yo, (laughs) 
Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, and I'm like a big Bubba fan now because I'm like, yo, represent. And then I saw that Richard Petty is the guy that owns the car. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I've always thought Richard Petty was possibly a racist. Uh, and that's just kind of how I look at anybody in NASCAR. I just look at it as a redneck racist sport. But to watch Richard Petty, like, you know, really go shoulder to shoulder and, and be supportive. You know, I, like I always say, you got to check your convention, conviction at the door. You know, you can't I can't assume that everybody that I can't assume all white people are racist. But if, you know, if it looks like a pig and rolls in the mud like a pig, maybe it is a pig. Right. <laughs> um, good luck in NASCAR, man. I, I hope that I hope that, that there's going to be a change. It was it was touching to see all the racers like support him and, and walk his car to the line. I might even start watching NASCAR just to see what's up. But I, I just, you're right. There's a lot of things going on. And I, I, I think what, in my opinion, after looking at this, there's two things that I keep coming back to. Number one, America got to watch a man get murdered on television. And that's brand new. Like you rarely see that. Uh, we watched two people get killed on television in 30 days. We watched Aubrey and then we watched George Floyd. So that's going to you know, definitely make people say, oh, that's really actually happening. And then secondly, you, you know how I always say that people, when you say somebody is racist or there's some, there's something that's inherently wrong with somebody. And if you have anything positive or you've associated with them that you're going to defend that position because it's in a reflection on you. People have got to get over that. And that's, that's a hard thing, you know, um, you know, and I get it, but I mean, but you gotta, you gotta for real, keep it real. Don't <laughs> be honest, you know, uh, NASCAR has got a, a, a long road to, I mean, yo, I saw the, the people like driving through with, they Everybody was rocking a Confederate flag. Yep. I mean, that's a big deal. You know, like... Um, why? They're traitors. How can you love this country so much and then support... First of all, you're supporting the losing team. And second of all, they are traitors to the country. Yeah. And I, you know, this whole, like, it's heritage, not racism and all that. Like, I just... I'm I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't buy it. Uh, there isn't an argument that you can make that doesn't i mean i'm with you right like and and the confederate statues that were built in order to appease you know like the the i'm sorry the losers like yeah okay we gotta get this all together but really like and at the end of the day you guys decided to secede you wanted to fight a war over this you you lost and then you whined about it and still whine about it today. And yet, you know, you get upset because we say, no, since you lost, you can't fly your racist flag. I mean, don't people get pissed off when they see a swastika? It's no different. I mean, you would think, but no, no, no. Those are different things, right? Because, well, because the Confederacy wasn't just about slavery. It was only about slavery for the slave owners. For everybody else, it was about states' rights. States' rights to own slaves. Yeah. Well, no, it was because the Union was imposing their economic model on the South. The economic model that didn't rely on slaves. 
And I know, like, I don't have to explain. I'm not explaining this to you. This is somebody like, else that may not know this stuff. But it's just like I've heard so many of these arguments, you know, and not even necessarily like heard, but seen and read on so many acquaintances Facebook pages and stuff like that, or you know, Twitter comment threads that I should have known better than to go down. And there's just but none of them. It, none of them it, hold water. It's it is who they are. I mean, they're they're racist. And it, and I guess to some degree, right? Like you'd rather know who the racists are, yep. so let them fly the Confederate flag. <laughs> you know, all right, cool. Staying away from that place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd rather know who they are as opposed to them hiding in the closet. I mean, we keep seeing all these Karens like pop out of nowhere. Oh, right. Yeah. So, one. Well, uh, did you see the dude in Florida that wanted to fight his way into a Walmart because he wasn't wearing a mask? Yeah. I mean, like. Uh, how badly did you need whatever it was you were going there for? It's it's like it's not funny. It's pathetic. It's, it's be honest. I it's mean, like, like on one I, hand, yeah, it's hard not to laugh at how ridiculous it is. But at the same time, it's so disheartening that that's where we are in some places for some people as a country. You know, that like we feel that when it comes to our rights as free people, that it means we can do whatever the fuck we want, wherever the fuck we want to. And nobody has the right to say anything about it. Well, but I'm we sorry. But, but at this on the other side of the coin, it's like, but we want to respect private property. Yeah. Well, guess what, idiot? My Walmart's private property. Exactly. That's what. And but people don't seem to understand that, that Walmart is a privately like not even necessarily privately. Are they a privately held company? No, they're publicly they're public. owned. They're public. But they're public. They're publicly owned, but it's private. But it's property. a private freaking company. Like it's a private property. Like you, they own the property. Yeah. I I always. I wonder if like people that have that line of thinking have ever taken civics or because it, it actually, I mean, it, it starts to go with that whole argument of like, man, they're just ignorant. You know, well, like, and then, I mean, I think there's a, that's a thing that I've, I think is at the heart of a lot of these issues is education and the, the lack of education on these type specific topics. You know, which again points to a whole systemic problem, right? Like, yeah. you if you don't understand how these things work, then what can you not do? Ultimately, you can't fight against it, right? Like, it's it's the whole system is built to keep the system running. That's what <laughs> systems do. Like, it's amazing. It just blows. Like, how are you gonna fight to get into Walmart? And right. You don't own. You don't own the Walmart, dude. No. No, I mean he owns he owns whatever six feet you know of Walmart he's in at that moment, according to him. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's and it's you know like I've I think I've said on previous episodes like I was really starting to hate people, and it's not it's not people. I realize like it's just some Stupid people. people. <laughs> <laughs> It's I not to... everybody. It's I don't even necessarily think it's most people at this point. But I think like in a lot of things like we see in our politics where it's shit gets pushed to the extremes and that's what we see all the time, right? You know, it's like what gets covered on TV and in the news yeah. is murders and all of this stuff. And so what do you think is happening in your backyard all the time? Murders and all of this stuff. But, you know, you like know, I'd explain to my daughter that um we all right. I hear what you're saying, but we always have to be a little bit 
we have to step lightly when we look at that because if we don't expose the the hard parts, we 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 tend to go to the sensationalized experiences of those, right? So I explained to my daughter a little bit over, like maybe two months ago, I went to go pick her up from work. And I guess a light had gone out in my wife's car. But I saw the cops sitting across the street. They were, had a little speed trap or something. There was like five or six you know, cars lined up. And my first reaction was, you know, I hope they don't pull me over. <laughs> right? I didn't know the light was, I mean, I, I found the light was out after like the cop pulled me over. Yeah. But I called my wife and said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm getting pulled over by the cops just in case. If you ever got pulled over by the cops, Chris, would you do that? No. And then on top of that, like I, I, as I recall that situation, my hands are on the steering wheel and I'm looking in the driver's side mirror to see where the cop is. I'm literally like doing the whole routine. I'm not like a kid, but this is my experience, right? Dude pops in on the, on the passenger side, scared the crap out of me. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this is about to go south. You know, and but I'm making sure my hands are on the thing and I say, I'm going to roll down the window because I had the driver's side window. Open. I mean, these are things that I, I, I know right. to do. I'm just saying, like, it, we live in a really weird time where, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize some of the, the the falsehoods in this country of our, you know, of our prominence as a country, of our safety as a country of our equality as a country. So maybe the media is not doing such a bad job, right? The the problem that we have is we can't get desensitized to the fact that people are hurting in different areas. Yeah. And I guess. And I'm, to, I'm not saying what you're saying. I'm not trying to get, I'm just saying like the, the sensationalized, although the way it's presented can be misstrued. I, I just think that it's also important. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's I just think really, you're right. It's, like, it's just it, what I think ends up happening is the way that people consume that content right. and then interpret it as opposed to saying, wow, like that's an area that really needs help, right? Let's figure out what we can do to help that. It's more like, oh man, I don't want that to happen to my area. So I'm going to insulate and make sure that I can do the things to prevent that from happening to me. Right. And it's all about me, 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 and not like. There's so many things where like the, the duality of our, our country, it's not true for everybody. Yeah. That's the sad part. Like I live in the suburbs. I live in a nice neighborhood, but that's how I respond. If the cops pull me over. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, life experience at this point, because you haven't always lived in a suburb, right? Like, right. I mean, yeah, it's like, I, I thought I did everything right, you know? But, but that's, yo. I mean, it's like, you know, I, uh, several years ago, right, or a couple of years ago when somebody went to LeBron James's house in Los Angeles and spray painted, yeah. you know, the front of it. And, you know, someone made the comment where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Like, you can't escape racism in that regard. You know, like, it doesn't matter how much money you make or whether or not you think you've done everything right in life to to follow the rules, right? Like to get to that point where it's like, aren't I doing everything you want me to? No. Like if anything, probably if you're, if they're inherent, like really racist, then you're pissing them off even more because <laughs> then you're a successful black person. And you know, it's, he's just an angry tough, white I, cop. I, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I mean, and I, you know, I've been, 
I, again, like, like I said before, like I'm still angry, but I just hope we don't lose sight of what should happen. And and what should happen is that we need to put people in office that, uh, that actually give a damn and that are actually going to do their job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the things that we're dealing with, we're, we're dealing with the, we're the coronavirus or COVID-19 or whatever, whatever people, there's like yeah. so many different things to call this pandemic. We're dealing with, um, one of the tipping points for racism in this country and we're dealing with the economy like you know crap in the bed right now which is like yo i mean we can't i don't think sports are coming back this year and i'm okay with that you know i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna lose sight of the fact that my entertainment is not is not worth as much as these people's lives. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty uh, on Netflix and Hulu. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someday I'm going to fix my, uh, you know, my Madden EA sports thing so that I can play online with you. And then like, you'll have all the sports that you need at that point. Be, you'll be good. But can you, but can you believe the, the, the insanity of the NBA? Like the NBA is still trying to squeeze out a season. The MLB <sighs> is still trying to squeeze out a season. Yeah. I mean, like, I would have expected there to be, I guess, a little bit more like maybe Florida's not the best place to do this. But I don't really think that like moving it somewhere else is necessarily going to change anything. Yeah, I mean, where like, Arizona? Yeah, <laughs> but guess. even that, I mean, Arizona's blowing up now, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is other than there's probably not going to be sports like until I think until there's a vaccine that's widely distributed, you know, until effect this is effectively like, I mean, I guess worst case scenario. Well, <laughs> can't say that, dude. <laughs> One possibility, right, is that the coronavirus, this version of the coronavirus and COVID nineteen sticks around, kind of like the flu, right, where it's a seasonal right. thing that comes back every year or so often, and there are different variations and strains of it that we have to fight against that's not a great scenario, right? Um, because it's already mutated, my friend. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's a, geez, that's a whole thing that we could get into. <laughs> if you listen to more of the guy talk about, uh, the guy that Joe Rogan was interviewing, talk about the coronavirus and kind of some of the stuff that they're starting to discover about it, you know, it, um, basically looks like there's no way it wasn't, it, it, it well, not no way. It's very unlikely yeah. that it didn't originate from the infectious disease laboratory there in Wuhan. You know, I, I'm inclined, at least just personally, to believe that it wasn't done intentionally, right? That, like, it most likely escaped somehow, accidentally, through some sort of, you know, break in procedure or contamination of something that shouldn't have ultimately happened, but... What he was just kind of talking about is that some of the signatures and the things that we've seen and what we've been able to study in it so far, you know, are very similar to the kinds of things that we typically see in, you know, laboratory mutated strains of existing, you know, viruses. Right. One of the really interesting things that he kind of pointed out is that to this point, right, we believe that it it, it at least seems that it's more likely to transmit inside than it is outside, but not really sure why that is, right? Like, is it something to do with UV light? Is it something to do with, you know, temperature or the air, like whatever it may be. Um, and the fact that the more time that you spend with an infected person, the more likely you are to contract it. It's not a matter of, you know, just like 
if I spend one minute with you versus five minutes, right? If you've got the flu, if I spend one minute versus five minutes, it's not like if you sneeze on me, you sneeze on me, I've got the flu. Like apparently with this, at least so far, it seems that the longer you're there, the more likely you are to get to. Well, didn't Donald uh, Josephine Trump say that we could um, drink bleach and, and do lights <laughs> so, inside of people? I mean, so, so maybe he was on to something. <laughs> apparently, uh, this is also in that Joe Rogan. I know, I'm just going to basically. So if you haven't listened to it, I, I and I'm not like I, this is the first episode of the Joe Rogan podcast I've ever listened to. I don't yeah, regularly to. listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm not promoting him or any of the other like crackpot crazy stuff he says sometimes because I know he said some batshit crazy things. But his guest from four days ago is really interesting and I think has some very interesting points. I'm not saying that everything he says is right or that he even claims to have all of the answers, but I think from an educating yourself on what some of the possibilities and some of the information that's out there are, it was really interesting. And I think he also had some takes on social media and just like the way that we consume it now and the channels, right. And how those things kind of being divided up, can ultimately be really bad, right? When you cherry pick the things that you want. Wow, he's kind of late to that. Well, yeah, I mean, if he was listening to the Chris and Andre show. You know, we need to find out where he is and track whether or not that's one of the places that we're getting (laughs) SoundCloud (laughs) listening. He's kind of late to that discussion. Like, I don't don't know why people are so late to that discussion. I don't know. We've been on it for weeks now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to shoot this guy down, but I agree with that. I mean, I do agree with that statement. I think that it is bad, you know, um, yeah. it, but it also lends to my, my thought that um, over the last 15 to 20 years, we've become very convenience focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing, especially when it comes to how we learn and uh like consume information. I'm not going to say content because content is, you know, that can be for some people porn. It could be cartoons for other people. So the content is not really the descriptor. It's like, for how do you in consume cartoon porn? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It could be cartoon porn. My point being, it's about information. How do like we're are we changing the way that we comprehend information by how we uh, we can now cherry pick the information that we that we you know that we put into our brains, right? And again, not a doctor, not a scientist. It's a little bit of common sense. If you can cherry pick everything that you get, your comprehension level is going to over time decrease. Yeah. You're only looking for a stimulus or a stimulant. You're not looking for information. Yeah, and that's I think ultimately what social media has proven to be, right? Like it's a it's yeah. a source of of st- stimuli, stimulus. I don't know. Stimuli. Yeah. Um, more than anything, you know. Uh, I wrote uh, an article this weekend. Um, I was watching Grace and Frankie. Just like my new favorite show. Um, <laughs> and, she, you know, Grace, there's an episode where Grace gets a, or Frankie gets a new, um, like, MacBook Air. And she's having trouble getting online. And so she's talking to tech support. And this guy, Mike, is talking to her. And, like, he calls to check up. And she's like, well, you know, like, I'm 
tweeting and you know nobody else is uh you know responding or anything and you know mike basically says well the internet's not like a real conversation it's just people screaming into the void you know and it really made me kind of think you know that like it's we we look at social media as a way to stay connected but it's really not like it's a way to shout from a rooftop like it's not a way to listen, you know, it's not a good way to consume information because think about it. If I'm standing on, if everybody's standing on the rooftop shouting at each other, the information that they post on social media, who am I going to hear? Right. The people that are standing closest to me, who am I not going to be here? People that are on the other side of the country. Like, and I, and that's obviously, you know, I, I, with social media, I can hear people from the other side of the country from here. But the point is that you listen to those who are closest to you or those that you surround yourself with and not the people that may have great ideas outside of right. that. It's, I mean, it's the whole idea behind diversity, right? It's like, it's not just diversity in terms of skin color or background or whatever it may be. Like, Ultimately, it's diversity of thought, diversity of opinion. These things are what help us to grow because we can learn from each other. And if we don't take the time to actually do that, then what's the whole point of this? And I, I kind of likened it to what we do here every every week, right? Like, you and I share our opinions, right? But we share them with each other and have a conversation about it. And we take the time to listen to what the other person is saying and respond not because it's our turn to talk, right? Like I had John Mulaney has this great bit where he's like, you know, talking about he, so he's talking and I'm sitting there going, Ooh, my turn's next. I can't wait. You know, like, because it's like, that's where we are as a society where it's like, God, I can't wait for you to shut up so I can start talking. Right. I mean, I do that with my kid, my six year old again, people, my six year old, like, you're always making some adults like six-year-olds. Seriously, they are. I can't help it. What am I supposed to do? Like, stop acting like six-year-olds and I'll stop treating you like six-year-olds. But I have had that conversation with her. I'm like, you can't just sit there and wait for someone to shut up because she won't even do that. She'll just start talking while I'm in the middle of still explaining something to her. And some other people are like that too, but. Yeah, I I, I mean, I agree with that. I think that, uh, um, I mean, if you look at even relationships, if you're, if you're arguing with your, what, what's the PC term, significant other or partner, Bitch. I don't know. But if I'm talking to my wife, I'm just like, <laughs> you're just going to let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. Just I, like, I'm just going to keep talking in the hopes that you edit that out later, because that was not, <laughs> that was not a good thing to say, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're, if you're constantly like, just like, yeah, I, I totally can't wait for you to shut up now. Like, yeah. Your relationship's going to be on the verge of collapse. Well, yeah, but I think it's not so much like necessarily significant others as it is just like it's other anybody. people in general, right? But I always, I always like to think of it like, think of somebody you really care about, right? And would you talk to them that, that way or would you treat them that way? And at the end of the day, if the answer is no, then maybe you need to like check that at the door. It doesn't work, yeah. right? Um because it doesn't i mean if we treat people like yeah all right i'm gonna go on one of my religious tangents again so if the greatest command is love your you know love the lord your god with all your heart and treat your neighbor as yourself and we can't even do that like if that's all we're really asked to do yep how do we expect for the rest of the stuff to work 
And for anybody that says, oh, religion doesn't, you're right. Religion doesn't, you know, have all the answers. And the reason why it doesn't is because we can't follow the simple principles in religion because we're so self-centered. Yeah. It's, if we were to put those principles, and I, I can only speak about the Christian faith, if we were to actually put those principles in practice, do you think they wouldn't work? I mean, even even that one basic one, right? Like, I think, personally, my belief is that that's one of the most important things in life. I mean, it's kind of... It, it should be. That's the, the one that Jesus rule, said, right? hey, do this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you're going to ignore everything else, like, you can't really, but... If there's one thing you're going to pay really close attention to, it should be that. Like, you treat others the way that you want to be treated, right? Yeah. If if you want respect, you have to respect other people. And that's how you earn respect is by respecting other people and showing them that respect. And they go, oh, that person respected me and let me blah, 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 blah. And, you know, now, now it's, when it's their turn to do that, I'm going to let them do that because that's respect. And It's so hard, though, I mean, because people's... I mean, people and their egos, man, I, I think people with their agendas and their egos, they get in their own way. And well, and their entitlements, you know, yeah. which is a combination of those two things, you know, agenda yeah. and ego leads to entitlement. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's annoying. It's like, why do you have to win right now? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, cause if I'm not winning, I'm losing. Right. If you're not, if you ain't first or last, it's Ricky, I know Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Like I just, it's, I don't know. I am. You know, because America is always first, and if I'm not first, then I'm not America. I well, I, we're we're first in COVID deaths. We're we're first in um, like the number of cases, and although Brazil and um, Brazil's catching up with us pretty quickly. Hey, but we're forty third in testing per capita. <laughs> yeah, but we have the best test. <laughs> we do because that's what Donald. Um, I'm running out of J's. I know you are. I was trying to wait and see how long it was going to go. I don't even know which. I I stopped. Like, I ran out because I was just going to say, well, if he gets in trouble, I'll start recommending. Nope. You went through more than I had. So. Oh, man. Donald Jacqueline Onassis Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Donald Jacqueline Onassis Trump. Um he says we have the best tests in the world. We're, we're testing so much and, and I get it. Like no, I, we're I testing get too much is literally what he said. <laughs> oh, but he was just my, kidding. Just like he was about out. the bleach and the UV light. <laughs> it was tongue in cheek. He, no, literally he, his tongue is stuck in his cheek right now. That's, that's the problem. We can't seem to get it. out of there. <laughs> I, I just can't with that guy, man. I can't. I, and I, I don't want to. I know it's like we just talked about earlier. We don't even want to waste, spend that much time on him, right? Because like you devote that much effort to somebody that's not worth it. But you can't at the same time as it's it's so hard to overlook it and to not point out the ridiculousness of it. In part because you, I don't feel like you hear it enough from everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, if I was, I tell you, if I was a reporter. And he talked, even tried to talk to me the same way he talks to people. I, I would tell him what for. But look, man, you're, first of all, fix your hair. Fix, like, do that. Fix your hair. Because I don't know what's going on with that thing on the top of your scalp. I, I don't know. Secondly, stop getting tanned. Whatever you're doing, it's not working. And then thirdly, shut up. Nobody cares what you have to say. 
you're just you lie so much it just blows my mind i um and i hear this is this new thing to save his kid you know on tiktok my my daughter was like we're having dinner before i even heard about this in the news she's like don't you think we should save baron like what are you talking about like he's he's like trapped in that house i'm like yeah but what are you gonna do call call cps on the freaking white house Uh, i'd like to report a child that i believe is in a dangerous and abusive situation yeah 1600 pennsylvania avenue I think that would be so funny, man. I, it would be like the funniest thing. Like, I mean, unless the director of CPS in the District of Washington, D.C. just really wants to lose their job that day. I imagine, I mean, if I'm being honest, if we're being honest, we're probably not the first people to think of that. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure know, right? that they've gotten at least one or two calls at this point of somebody trying that just to see, like, well, if I do report it, don't they have to do something? <laughs> It's child abuse, child neglect. There's a lot of like bad things going on. Poor kid, but I don't feel sorry for him. Um, well, wait, you just said poor kid, but but you don't feel sorry for him, which is it? <laughs> I mean, he's at the age where he should be able to be like, how old I mean, is he? We don't know what he's saying to his father. Well, sure, but that's I mean, how old is he? Is he? He's like fourteen or fifteen. He's like six four though. I guess it he's has like, been four years. I keep forgetting that he's not the tiny little boy that nah, I'm in. He's like and that's the other, like, I four years has gone by faster than, I mean, thank God in some yeah. words. <laughs> um, thank God we made it four years. I'm, I mean, I, on previous episodes, I just, I didn't think that was possible. I, I thought for sure that this was uh, the end. <laughs> uh to be fair i should probably knock on wood because we've still got a couple of months to go and things are not looking great right now uh the murder hornets are gone so we have that to be thankful of um, that's true that's true but you know i'm and sure there's there's a lot i mean you know um the racist eagles are right around the corner <laughs> 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 the dolphin uprising oh god they've gotten too smart <laughs> Like we're all getting murdered and oh gosh, I hope not. I uh, I I I don't know. There's 46 million people out of work right now, and most of those jobs aren't coming back. I mean, we, we've talked about it before, right? When companies figure out how to work without people, they'll do it. And the other thing that we've seen is while the federal government was quick to support large established businesses um, by funneling money through banks, they really couldn't have cared less about small to medium-sized businesses that are the actual backbone of this country and supply the majority of the jobs. So now that all of those places are closing, um, where are all of these people going to go back to work? It's, you know, uh, the guy, I, I couldn't think of another J. He said, you know, basically, it's like a switch. And if I don't get reelected, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, dude, you have no clue, man. Well, no, because he will hide the switch from Joe Biden if he doesn't get elected. And Sleepy Joe ain't going to find that switch. I'm going to put it right here on the wall and he'll never see it. Never. It's 46 million Americans out of work. Yeah. 
and aren't like the uh all of the rent and mortgage deferments uh those are coming at to an end at the end of this month right so july 1st rents do yeah and not just rent for july oh yeah back rent rent for the last three months too so i hope everybody that hasn't been paying their rent for the last three months because they couldn't somehow manage to sequester four months worth of rent to pay now i i don't know i i don't I don't see a path out of this that doesn't require like an act of God. Like if I'm being honest, I I really don't. I just, (laughs) (laughs) are we talking Noah's Ark level here? I I, I mean, but think about it. I volunteer to be one of the two. I don't think we need a flood, but I, but I do think like it's good. The unemployment rate is close to 17% of the country and 20% depending on which, you know, which freaking report you look at. Yeah. I mean, that's a freaking tip range. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On the low end, on the low end. Right. Uh, That means you had to wait for a refill. That's right. I mean, we are. We that are. Means in a, they didn't bring enough napkins when Andre asked for extra. <laughs> I know, right? Why do I always have to ask for napkins when we go out to eat? It just bothers me. It's like you're just giving me one napkin. Like, is there anything else I can get you? Yeah, yeah. Can we get some more napkins? <laughs> <laughs> like, do your job. Um, I yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Like, forty six million people. I mean, yeah i I think short of. So I think two things, right? One, I think while while we kind of sit here and joke or at least deride the federal government for their lack of getting stuff done to support the small to medium businesses, um, states haven't done anything to really support that either, you know? And I don't know necessarily what they, they could have done, you know, without some support from the federal government, but... I think moving forward, right, ultimately, we can sit here and wait for whoever gets elected in November to wave their magic wand and fix the economy, or the people who are here right now that are supposed to be doing this job could get off their ass and put a plan together, because, I mean, that's one of the things I'm not hearing, is any any real solution at this point, or any any plan forward. I mean, you and I have talked about you know, some sort of massive infrastructure deal, you know, that is, even if it's the money is going to private corporations through, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, like we've done this before, right? (laughs) We came out of the great depression. We have the freaking playbook for it. And it's like, nobody is, you know, history is doomed to repeat itself except for the good shit that we did in the past. Cause that we don't want to go back and look at like, I mean, for like, I'm sorry. I get really frustrated about that stuff. Cause it's just like, it seems so obvious. It's, it's first day stuff, right? It's like common sense solutions. And I, I don't, I, I almost thought I was a libertarian for like five minutes. Like this week, I was like, man, I'm starting to sound more like a libertarian. Uh, I mean, we keep, Barking about states' rights, but states 
sit on their laurels and do nothing. Right. You know, um, and I know that states pay a lot of money to the federal pot, but it shouldn't be a question of asking for that money back. Sure. If I'm being honest, like, it's like, dude, under the auspice of things are going well, yeah, I'll chip in. But when things are going to crap, why am I begging you for money? I mean, hell, I, I, at least sit there and say, I'm deferring the payments going forward, right? Yeah. I need that money here. Just like we're going to defer payments to the WHO and all this other stuff? Yep. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, that's, all right. What I'd I'm like to defer my tax payment to Donald Josephine Trump's, uh, <laughs> did we use Josephine? I can't remember. I think it might have been one of the early ones. Donald Jurassic Park Trump's uh, <laughs> salary. <laughs> whatever whatever minute portion of my taxes go to pay his salary, I want that canceled. <laughs> yeah. I want to defer that until, until I see the results of this presidency in its entirety. <laughs> I, I know. The thing about Congress is still getting a paycheck. All these Yo, people are still getting a paycheck. They and, get paychecks when they shut down the government. I mean, people that are on unemployment, people that need all of this other funding, they're not getting any money. But the freaking fat cats that are sitting in Washington, they're still collecting a paycheck. Never mind you that they don't need it. Right. Because the money they're getting under the table from the freaking lobbyists is more than enough to feed them and 30,000 families. And and to all my Republican friends out there, I am not advocating like bigger government. I'm just saying it should work. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the government that's there should do what it's supposed to freaking do. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm advocating. I'm like, I'm not, av- I am not an advocate of big wasteful spending government. I'm an advocate of like, yo, if we're, if we're already in this relationship, can we like make this work? Right. I mean, but we get, we got to break up, empower the states, right? Like instead of having the state send all the money up for FEMA, right? Set up state run FEMA organizations and let the states manage their own disasters. Right. And right. sure. Some small percentage of that goes towards a larger pot at the federal level for, you know, backup kind of, Oh shit, we're all on fire. Emergency alien, alien invasions. Right. I mean, yeah. But come on, like, I mean, you and I are sitting here pulling this shit out of our ass and like, and nobody in the federal government, but that's because as I've started to learn, right? The whole reason they don't do it is because that's not what it's there for. That's not what the government is set up to do right now, right? The system is set up to do what the system is set up to do. So you can't really get mad at the system. Oh yeah, you can. (laughs) I mean, you can be mad that the system does what it (laughs) what it's supposed to do but really what you need to do is go beat the shit out of the people that keep making it be the system <laughs> or, or yeah or stop putting them in office or, you yeah know? that too but uh, sorry, i'm, I'm really not advocating for violence i take that back i'm i don't i don't want to see a violent uprising i'd love to see a peaceful transition of power here where we actually get some shit done and get some real people that that mm-hmm. actually care about the people the of this country yeah. and not the corporations i mean and because- corporations are are made up of people. I understand that. So they have a role, but it can't be the only people that we're fucking paying attention to here. Right. Because Donald Jennifer Trump doesn't get it. And I, I haven't used Jennifer yet, but I'm going to, I will have a list of J's by next week because I will use all the J's, but I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's 46 million people. And I know people say, well, that's not the entire population. All right. 
granted that is a fact <laughs> okay yeah 120,000 people dead from coronavirus isn't the entire population but that's still a lot of fucking people yeah that is a new argument that, yeah that oh is i know actually... i mean it's not even new though that's been an argument for a hot minute now where it's like well it's only x percent of you know so and such population so is it really that it's less deadly than the flu yeah. Well, here's the, here's my challenge. That's that silly argument. Well, 46 million people is not the entirety of the population. Got it. But, you know, this has nothing to do with race. You know, is mostly impacted lower middle class and down. Yep. So if you're making less than the, the, the national median average of, of income, then you're screwed. I mean, so it should be a, it should be an issue. It should be an issue that, you know, and the the whatever sliver of middle middle class still exists right now should be shrinking on watch because yeah. they're next. I mean, like the you know the hundred thousand plus you know marketing gigs are, gone. are gonna start disappearing real soon when they realize that a freaking computer can do your job. No offense. Right. Actually, uh, th there was uh, this is one trade uh, organization I follow. In the last week, eight CMOs at Fortune Fives gone. Eight, eight <laughs> Fortune Fives. There's only five hundred of those companies, <laughs> and that is just the beginning. See, and now I'm really glad that we didn't like decide on titles with our whole you know podcast website thing because I totally would have chosen like Chief Marketing Officer as some <laughs> stupid thing that I could put. You know, like if we still had LinkedIn, like that's what I'd put on there, and you'd probably be sitting there going like, "Yeah, get rid of his ass." <laughs> You guys are in the chopping block. I mean, they're I mean they're they're getting rid of CMOs like it's nothing right now. Yeah. So it, it I mean it, you can get some college it, intern to do basically the same thing with a freaking spreadsheet. <laughs> you like it's all data driven. So like why do yeah. you need some you know, you don't need some killer marketing gimmick, right? You don't need an ad agency to come up with the next amazing promo. I don't even watch commercials anymore. Like <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so the the one that shook me the most was the uh, CMO at AT and T, and um, I was like, man, she was pretty dope. I mean, she had a lot of like positive things behind the scene, and was one of the. She was out way in front of the. Um, so with me too, there also became a lot of more focus on women's rights and, and an opportunity in companies, but she was well ahead of that. And I'm like, well, that sucks. But I'm sure she's going to land on her feet. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff is going to—it's—it's it's going to spread. You know, I, I don't think even the the white collar jobs are going to be safe this time around. Yeah. Um, and I, I know a lot of people are skeptical that we'll be okay. I'm like, I don't think so. I've never been this concerned. Like, in, even in 08 and 09, like no, literally, was... literally, the only fear I had was. I hope companies don't figure this out. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Uh, this time I'm like, no, they figured it out last time. That was like, they took notes and they're actually. They were already putting pieces in place, right? I yep. mean, hell, like you and I were part of that team at our last gig, you know, like yep. we were putting pieces in place, not with the intention of firing people. Right. But with the understanding that, Hey, ultimately if we keep building what we're building, 
we're going to build ourselves out of a job. Now, I think you and I try to take measures to find new jobs, but (laughs) 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 that worked out. Okay. In some regards and not so great in others, but yeah. Um, you know, like it's, that's what companies have been doing, right? They have understood that the power of automation and the power of even AI, right? Like artificial intelligence in some ways can replicate or even replace, you know, what people used to do. And if you don't need somebody looking over their shoulder and you don't have to pay their freaking salary plus benefits for an entire year and all of the taxes and unemployment and everything else that goes into it, Holy cow, like I'd much rather have a machine that runs on a server that I pay $9.99 a month for right. in the cloud somewhere that Amazon manages for me than have to pay some person that sits in an office. Yeah, the, and then on top of everything else, like the most dangerous word you can hear and or two uh, that you can hear in a company right now are efficiency and productivity. <laughs> if you start hearing those wherever you're working at, get a calendar, project, well, you need to find a new job because you're done because that's going to, I can almost guarantee like over by the end of Q3 or I'm sorry, by the beginning of Q4, you're going to start hearing a lot of companies talking about efficiency and productivity. Yep. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, I think uh, people are scaling back, right? What they had planned for, whatever it is that they were developing, you know, whether it was a year or three down the road, I think they're definitely looking like at, well, okay, let's take a step back and kind of reevaluate based on what's happening here and deciding what's the best course forward, which is then obviously going to have impacts further down supply chain lines and all of that sort of thing. Um, So the companies that aren't set up or insulated for that type of hit, right. Are, going to suffer and in a lot of cases probably get shut down, which is then just going to, you know, compound what we're already seeing. Right. Um, so it, it, you know, I think the people that think that it's just something that we're going to very easily brush off, um, are unfortunately very short sighted in understanding kind of what, that this is really just the initial impact and not regardless of whether or not we have a second wave of COVID-19 in the fall, right. Or things continue to get worse throughout the summer because people are so freaking stupid. Um, It doesn't matter. Like the economic impacts of this are going to be felt for months, if not years. And it's going to take time for all of this to recover. And nobody that I'm aware of seems to be really focusing on that at this point. I mean, I think we're so focused on November (laughs) right now and everything that's supposed to happen between now and then. I mean, you think from a leadership standpoint, right? That's, that's what Donald, uh, Julian Fry's Trump, (laughs) you know, uh, (laughs) that's all he cares about. And sleepy Joe Biden, same, like, those guys just care about November. And then once they get in, they only care about the next November four years down the line. Like that's, that's, that's unfortunate, but true. And, and I want, I actually kind of want to be wrong. I just don't think I'm wrong on this. I think that it's just a matter of like in the economic impact that you're right. So if I've lost money for, uh, since March and the, the, the markets crashed for the most part in February or the, beginning of March into February, I mean, leaving February into March, 
I got to make that money up. And for larger companies that had, you know, M&A or mergers and acquisitions, mm-hmm. they've got to make up those write-offs. They can't write everything off. You know, uh, you look at JCPenney, still, they're still, yeah, I know they've been bankrupt for years, but they're closing more and more uh, locations right now. 13 slated right now. Starbucks is converting their whole model uh, <laughs> i mean they're they like you know like we talked about last week they're converting their whole model from corporate stores to in in-house stores where they're basically yeah. inside of other businesses and, and licensing their product and branding yeah mcdonald's is trying to they're going to kill um all day breakfast <laughs> i mean like they basically said well that was cute when we could do it but yep. yeah those, but then, those franchisees actually have to make their money back uh there's a there's potentially a, I think the franchisees of Subway may be trying to sue them. So I was going to ask because the Subway up the street from me closed. Oh yeah. They've okay. been closed yeah. since like three weeks after the shutdown basically started. And after everything started to open back up, they're still closed. And so yeah. I was starting to wonder, I kept meaning to look um, what Subway had ultimately done or most likely not done to support their individual franchisees. Um, but I'm guessing that that's ultimately what, what it boils down to is that Subway essentially said you're on your own. Well, yeah, they had like a, what's called a kickback where they can actually, you know, either defer rent payments or franchising payments. And I, I, I got bored of reading like most most of it because I know that they've struggled with their franchise uh, relationships for years. And um, I don't think they're going to be okay. <laughs> like if I'm being honest and it, for what it's worth, it takes like five or you have to own like five or six franchises to actually make Thank a living anyway. And yeah. those guys are always, you know, cash strapped. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jared didn't help you. <laughs> so I almost said that. I was like, you know, I'm surprised they rebounded from the whole Jared thing, but I don't know that they ever really did. You know, I think that they've tried some different things. And as a vegan, um, Subway is one of those few places that I know I can go and get like a veggie delight. You know, like, like right, if I'm on right. the road. So when I was doing a cross country trip with my dad especially because they're at a lot of the gas stations and the truck stops and stuff like that. You can walk in and grab something that's vegan while you're on the road or something like and that. A little bit of E. coli. Yeah. And a little bit of E. coli. Hey, I'm not going to Chipotle. Um, I, st- I stopped eating there. <laughs> I'm all about some Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. Um, cooking. Oh, speaking of which, uh, well, just a slight tangent off to food for a second. Um, there's this amazing Vietnamese place that we had the other night, and they have this really great uh, vegetable, like tofu fried rice. So freaking good. Christy got this other, like, tofu with vermicelli noodles and vegetables and stuff like that. Um, and then I had another, like, their little Tokyo Japanese place that had these really awesome, like, big fried, like, chunks of tofu. But they were, like, not even, like, chunks, but, like, strips. And they had, like, the uh, panko breading all over the outside and then, like, done in a teriyaki sauce. I I got uh, – I ordered Chinese a, a couple weeks ago, and I got uh, tofu general taos. Yeah. Not a good experience. No? Oh, no. Where did you order Chinese from? Uh, Apex or China – 
one in Apex? No. Yeah, it was not a good experience. Oh, or is it New China? That's the one that's right up by me. That I so I'm gonna have to experiment on my Chinese food. Yeah. And, and like, because I was like, oh, yeah, I can get it with tofu, and I was not very pleased with it. And and that's like a really good Chinese place. They yeah. just missed it. Yeah. So I'm just gonna assume they missed it there, and it happens. I'll I'll try again, but I was sad. <laughs> I'll tell you about sad. We went to um, plates for Father's Day dinner downtown. It was supposed to be like tapas and you know, kind of small like little shareable plates and stuff like that. And when we looked at the menu before we went, they had like they called their big veggie roast, and it was like spaghetti squash and edamame and lentils and just like all these different vegetables that were supposed to be like roasted and stuff and then they had like crispy brussels sprouts they had like three or four different vegan options and so of course we go i made a reservation we go and two of the vegan options are off the menu like not even like (laughs) no explanation the menu is just different and these two things are missing like crispy brussels sprouts and one of the other things and so we ended up getting like a salad and the veggie roast and the veggie roast was okay. Like what they basically did was they took a slice of a summer squash that was like this thick, like maybe two inches thick. Right. And they put a, like took the spaghetti squash and got it all like the noodley kind of, and then just put a bunch of roasted vegetables in it and mixed it all up. And that was like, it was only like that big and it was like $16 or something like that. And I was just like, it was not worth it. Like <laughs> it was. I mean, I don't know. I I'm not. A, I will not be like chomping at the bit to go back to that place. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we went to uh, the vegan community uh, kitchen mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. God, I love that place. That, they can say, do this no better, wrong. This better not be a bad story about that place. No, no, no. They can do no wrong. I just want to say that they can do no wrong. Yeah, like, they they set the bar pretty high. So all of the restaurants like take notes because. <laughs> except for the saving grace of the impossible burger where I can get just about anywhere. Yeah. And the beyond, I mean, I can get those like one or two, like in enough places where I'm like, all right, that's an option uh, or a black bean burger in a few other places, but there's not really a lot to get. Yeah. Uh, I, my mom is a vegetarian. Um, and so she does a lot of black bean burgers, but you know, I, I had been talking with her, you know, and she knew that a lot of the black bean burgers had egg and stuff like that in it. So she understood that, you know, not all of them are vegan by default. There's their favorite restaurant, or I should say one of their favorite restaurants down in Carolina Beach is the Ocean Grill, which has the tiki bar out at the end of the pier. Right. And so they have a black bean burger there that they do with no egg. And it is one of, like, my favorite black bean burgers. It's soft. It's not like, I mean, it's almost like. A real patty. Yeah. Like an Angus patty. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like, it, you know, falls apart. Um, But it's freaking delicious. And they do it with, like, avocado and some other stuff on there, too, which is. That sounds good. I know Starbucks is getting uh, the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich. Yeah. That, That might actually make me go to Starbucks. Like, I don't really rock with Starbucks. Um, yeah, you know, I, um, I'll do Starbucks if I'm on the road, which obviously I'm not right now. Um, but other than that, like, I don't really do Starbucks if I'm here, it's just not worth it. Like I, I'd prefer my drip coffee at home most of the time. If I'm going to do Starbucks, it's like a soy chai latte these days, but 
you know why I don't rock with Star? They, well, one, they make me feel stupid every time I go there. Like, and two, because of and that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the uh, old, Fuck, I'm gonna have to go back and bleep that out. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that reason that that's like probably the real reason. I know. So We've talked that about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, there's the, uh, this hotel I stay at when I go to Puerto Rico, the old San Juan hotel. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the coolest hotels in Puerto Rico. They've got a Starbucks and the people there are so nice. First of all, I love this hotel. It's a, it's a Hilton branded hotel. They've got shops in there. It's just really freaking great. They've got a casino. It's, I don't gamble, but they have a casino. Um, actually Victor Manuel is a very popular salsa singer has a condo across the street from this hotel. So it's just like every now and then you'll see Victor Manuel. Um, but anyway, their Starbucks there, like my, the only good experience I've ever had at, at Starbucks was at that hotel. The, like every other one sucks. Do you get kicked <laughs> out for sitting in the lobby once? Yeah. I, I just, I just don't want to like, I just want a coffee. Don't, don't redescribe my coffee as you're ordering it for me or whatever, whatever happens behind the counter there just pisses me off every time. I just get, I get so angry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Cause I think, you know, you talk about like the people and I think back in the day, that was a big part of what made Starbucks successful. You know, was that right. they, they figured out the people interaction was really important. And, you know, having that relationship with your barista and having like your favorite barista who kind of did things a little special for you was always a nice relationship that would keep people coming back. Unfortunately, what it also develops is, as we talked about just a little bit ago, is like that, you know, um, sense of entitlement (laughs) where when I walk in and my favorite barista is not working, that motherfucker are you behind the bar you better figure this shit out quick and i'm gonna throw this shit back in your face if you don't make it right and why the fuck are you charging me for my extra shots the cashier who's normally here and serves on me karen she you know like she doesn't charge me for my extra shots this is more than i usually pay for that well i don't know who you normally deal with we don't have a karen that works here (laughs) ma'am well whatever her name is it starts with a k you mean keisha right you mean keisha so I do love caribou coffee. Like I think caribou coffee is like hands down better than Starbucks in my opinion. I'd, I'd rather go there. I mean, I, like I said, I don't really, I, I personally prefer like some, if I can find a local independent coffee shop, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. trying to find those these days is almost impossible. Thanks to Starbucks and ever so slightly smaller caribou and probably Dunkin' Donuts. You bastards. Yeah. Um, I, well, there's one in Apex. A caribou or, or uh, oh, an independent coffee house. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Common Grounds. Oh, okay. Uh, my neighbor actually owns the place. And oh, that's it's, right. It's shout really, out. really. What? I said shout out. Shout out to Common Grounds. It's really good. <laughs> um, he he so, does charge me full price. Though, I'll but... uh, I'll send you a sticker that you can put up in their window. One of the Chris <laughs> oh, yeah, Andre show stickers. <laughs> As featured on the Chris and Andre show. <laughs> can be our first advertiser <laughs> just to remind everybody we still don't get paid to do this shit we We're, still don't we are funding so, all of this out of the kindness of our own hearts and ever so slightly out of the kindness of our back pocket <laughs> yeah 
we we pay for our show with like like the change the loose change in our couch yeah basically (laughs) we we figure this out um you know, one day, hopefully, you know, actually one day, if we do get a sponsor, that'll be great. But we'll still say whatever we want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I keep seeing that uh, there's a lot of movement with the uh, vegan or like plant-based meats and stuff like that. So that's really exciting. So it you know, is. hopefully, hopefully that becomes a thing more, more and more often. Yeah, I would love to see more options and more availability there. One of the things that frustrates me is, you know, we've talked a little bit that I personally prefer the impossible meat over the beyond, but I can't, none of the places around here carry impossible meat, like in the grocery stores that I've been able to find. Yeah, beyond actually, they did a promotion, I guess it's going to be a summer promotion where they have like a, like a grilling pack. Yep. I actually got a set of the beyond meat, uh, kielbasas or not kielbasas, bratwurst. Um, well, they weren't bad. Um, I would say I made the mistake because if I was going to do brats, I always did beer brats. Like there isn't another way to cook bratwurst in my personal opinion, because these do not have a traditional casing. Right. You cannot do them in a beer bath because the casing, like I fried them up, put them in the beer bath and the casing literally just disintegrates off whatever the, you know, chemical Skin. compound thing that they put <laughs> whatever it is that they use to kind of hold everything in on the outside it all right. just falls off the moment it goes in there and so i i what i had said at the time to christy was like okay well i need to i want to try these again at some point and just do them the way that the package described and not do it in the beer breath and see if that if that makes them any better but um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, the flavor wasn't bad, but it was just, it was a little weird because the outside had that, cause it's almost like a, like a gelatin type. I know it's not gelatin obviously, but it's almost has that like texture kind of. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm excited about the future of like meat alternatives. Like, I, like I just really am. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> like, eh. It's um, about darn time. <laughs> But I, I don't really eat a lot of meat though. It's that, so that's like kind of like I don't really miss it for the for the most part. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. it, what I'm most excited about from that perspective is like the availability of more options when I go out to eat. Right. I think more that's true. more so than like cooking at home. It'll be nice that when I go out, I know that more places will carry an Impossible Burger. Right. Where. Right. Even if maybe I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with the fact that they're that they're cooking it on a different you know area, that since it's not a dietary thing so much for me, that I it's like okay at least I can somewhat stick to my laurels here and you know right. try to do the right thing that I'm trying to for my own health and whatnot. And I hope that yeah, you know, like I you know I want to try the Just Egg product because I think I've tried a couple of the um, substitute eggs mm-hmm. like just for breakfast because breakfast is like. One of those things, especially on the weekend, I look forward to. Yeah. Um, so, and it is. I will admit, breakfast is weird without eggs. Like, oh, it's super weird, you know. And uh, I haven't, I haven't quite figured that. Out. I'll do like you know hash browns or home fries or something like that with some peppers and onions. But um, and we'll do like vegan pancakes, you know. But a lot of the times for breakfast, I just do like a couple of pieces of toast. Did I tell you about the vegan waffles that my daughter made me? No. Oh my gosh. They were the best waffle I ever had in my life. <laughs> nice. I was like, 
This is like the best waffle I've ever had. <laughs> That's amazing. That. So uh, <laughs> she's made them for me like three times. I'm like, these are really, really good. These are better than the Waffle House. Wow. <laughs> I am sad because I can't eat the Waffle House with my uh, hash browns. Yeah. Because they have everything on them. Right. And they don't have like a meatless chili, which sucks. Yeah. Well, then they don't, I imagine they don't carry a vegan cheese either. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So, a lot, I mean, there are some things that are sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think I, you know, like I recognize that I was giving up certain things, you know, certain comforts, I guess. Uh, yeah. Certain traditions in that sense. But it's okay because change is inevitable and. Ultimately, well, I, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not. Like, no, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not heartbroken. Like yeah. I can figure out a way to make this. I mean, but the hash browns all the way would double everything. Oh my gosh, it's freaking. I'm so hungry now. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's amazing. Like, why not? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna eat hash browns, you might as well get them with everything on them. Yeah, jalap- except for, I couldn't do the jalapenos after a while. I think I just yeah, I you know I um Christy's not real big on heat, mm-hmm. um like hot stuff just tends to she's very sensitive to it, and so I, I mean I was had gotten really into hot stuff for a while there and have cut back significantly, but every once in a while it's it's almost kind of nice because now I can throw like a little bit of Texas peat or. You know, like right. just a little bit of hot sauce on there, and it's not like I'm trying to set my entire mouth and later <laughs> my butthole on fire. Like, <laughs> I don't sit there the next morning going like, "What the fuck did I eat last night?" Oh yeah, buffalo wings. Shit. Yeah. Speaking of burning buttholes, uh... <laughs> let's talk about technology. I watched the uh, Apple uh, developers conference. Like, uh, what do they call that? They're, they're, they're uh, I forgot what they call it. The, the big deal. Like they, they show all the new technologies they're going to show. Yeah. Uh, so I watched that yesterday and those SOBs, I might have to buy a Mac mini. I'm super sad because <laughs> they are, they're breaking up with Intel and yep, they're gonna they're looking at using their own chips now, right? Yeah, again. So yeah. I remember the last time they did that, and they were actually pretty decent computers. Um, I guess one question it, that I have: Do you think that part of this is just like a bargaining deal, <laughs> a bargaining chip, if you will, with Intel? <laughs> oh yeah, no. I think I think they've realized. So I think they realized that. Um, were they not it, getting what they needed from Intel at this point? Yeah, they're not getting it fast enough. And ARM processors are actually uh, getting more powerful. And so it, it makes sense. So you're not dependent on AMD or Intel. Right. But, and the problem with Intel is like they're slowly losing ground to AMD with their Ryzen chips. So, so then uh, it makes sense for Apple to basically, at least at this point, strike out on their own, see if they can compete with AMD on that regard and stay ahead of them. And then worst case scenario, you go partner up with AMD or Intel or whoever's left from that battle. I don't think there's going to be coming back from this one. I think once they... they uh, once you go, you're done. I, yeah, I think this is like going to have to be like a big commitment because what happened with the the initial change from the PowerPC chip to the Intel chip was like you you... You added complexity to running 
software that wasn't ready for Intel. You lost a lot of uh, vendors, and I think that's how they eventually got behind Microsoft with Adobe support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't use a lot of Adobe tools, but that's like the you know that's one of the bread and butter softwares. Yeah, well, and you, I mean you know Macs are notorious amongst the designing and developing community, right? Which is Adobe is huge for. So if you're not used, Macs used to be, but right. now if you read all the press, people are it's it's more cost effective and you get better performance from windows. Yeah. So, well, that's why you and I are on the Linux. Uh, Linux. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> oh, did you change your computer over? No, not yet. I mean, yet. like I would have done that. Well, I, w- without, I was like, without needing your help. I was like, wow, yeah, that's I did. Tall. I threw it out the window and bought a new one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so like I, I think Dangerfield. once they do that, they're going to, um, keep everything in their ecosystem which is good but they can't go back i don't i don't see them going back to using another vendor for their their, their processors it does it wouldn't make a lot of sense yeah um but it's it's gonna it makes me wonder do i ever really do i really care about the mac platform or ios devices you know as a developer like i really don't care well yeah i think that's a fair that's a fair question right um I think, you know, is, is Mac putting, is Apple putting themselves in a kind of a precarious position there, right? Where you're going to, you're really going to kind of draw a larger divide between the two ecosystems by having a completely different processing unit behind it, right? Yeah. And then it's just a matter of, like for me, like I get that a lot of people use, um, iOS devices as a mobile developer, but I, I really don't, if I'm being honest, I really don't care. Well, and I'm, I, I mean, as a, you know, long time mobile iOS user, like at least the last 10 years, I think, um, I'm at the point now where I'm considering getting rid of my iOS device and looking at Google, you know, Android platform stuff Yeah. as a potential alternative when, you know, in a year or two, this thing decides that it doesn't want to charge anymore or download and play the latest apps. Games. Yeah. Like I, I, I agree. I think that um, my wife says it is, she's singing the same thing. She's like, it's a known fact that these things start to degrade over time. And she's just tired of buying new iPhones. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't see the appeal. Like I, I don't really, I like the brand. I'm, I'm not saying Apple's a bad company. I just, no. can't, I, I can no longer justify the cost to the actual device you actually get, whether that's a mobile device or a computer. Yeah. That's, that's where I think it's starting to, it's becoming more and more difficult, you know? And, and I guess what's kind of, um, I don't know that it's technically ironic, but the, (laughs) these things are expensive, right? But, they're as cheap as they are because we're getting such cheap labor done over in China and stuff like that. Right. Like imagine if those things were built here in the U S and you actually 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 had to pay like U S labor rates and stuff like that to develop all of this stuff and then build it and manufacture it. Those would be 10, $15,000 devices. And, you know, we as a society have gotten to this point, I think where it's like the convenience of, you know, everything coming from China and everything getting cheaper and Amazon delivering everything in two days. It's like, 
are we willing to give any of that up at this point? I don't know that we are, you know, like as a, as a, as a whole that we're willing to sacrifice some of the quote unquote gains we've gotten to, you know, prop up, to actually prop up our economy and the, the other people in the world. I mean, not even just our economy, but to understand that like, you know, like it's, it shouldn't really be okay for me to sit here and go, well, I don't really care if, you know, some guy in a factory in China is working 18 hours a day with no light and no breaks and no bathroom, as long as I get my iPhone for 700 fucking dollars. Like, I mean, and that's a good deal these days on an iPhone. If I don't know if you can find them for $700, I think that's what I paid for mine two years ago. Like, <laughs> So you're, so the the argument that you're making is the ethics of the price point, right? The ethics of I mean, the, it's part of it. Yeah. The ethics of you know, I mean again, right? It's kind of like the voting with your wallet thing where it's like, are you put your money where your mouth is? Are you willing to pay the amount of money? And I'm not saying you, obviously, but America. Like, if we want a better society for the people here, are you willing to pay more money for stuff that's made here in America? Oh, the answer is no. Right. Historically and 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 loudly, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard an economist talk about that. He was like, you know, the reason why most of our manufacturing went to China and, and Mexico and Costa Rica and all these other places is because we're not willing, you know, we can go to Walmart and buy something that's $20, but we're not going to pay $50 for it. Yep. Like we've, we're pricing ourselves out of the market for like, you know, out of the market with like our labor force, like we price ourselves completely out of that. Yep. Um, and to a point where you can't, you can't backtrack, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in some sense, right. It's very similar to large corporations coming in and pushing out smaller mom and pop shops. Right. Part of what happens is because of the convenience, right. Or the lower prices that they're willing to offer. It's like when Walmart, you know, throughout the entire center of this country, set up shop in every little town that they could, where there was a little bit of money that they could squeeze out, and they squeezed every last penny, and when everybody went broke, and the only jobs that were left were at the Walmart, the Walmart went, well, you're only working here, and we're not making enough money off of you, so we're pulling up shop. Enjoy your new, you know, empty rec center that you're going to put here. Yeah, that's, I'm glad, yeah, that's, that is sad in and of itself. Um, and then that's been going on for decades, right? I mean, that's nothing new. Like, <laughs> and I mean, we, actually, we actually have food deserts in urban areas. Yeah. How does that make sense? You know, I actually was listening to, um, no, I was actually reading an article about the food deserts in, uh, no, it was actually uh, expose on food deserts in urban areas. And when I thought about it, when I lived in the city, I had never been to a grocery store. <laughs> like, like, I'd only been to corner stores. <laughs> so, like, I'd never, right. like, once that I can remember had been to a grocery store. And why is that? There's no investment in the neighborhoods. Right. Either, uh, either you know, from a from a government standpoint or from a, from a corporate standpoint. You know, like, nobody... Nobody wants, quote unquote, wants to be there. So it only it only makes sense that Walmart has those opportunities to kind of, I guess they strip mine an economy. That's literally what they do. They go in and strip mine and then they leave it bare. Yeah. And, the, and everybody else is left to suffer, you know, and it's 
I mean, I, I think I talked about it on the podcast after I came back from my trip, where it's like town after town after town that we drove through was just empty Walmart parking lot, empty Walmart parking lot. And it just, after the fifth or sixth town, it hits you, where it's like, wow, what a bunch of dicks those guys are. I mean, to show yeah. up and to give hope, you know, that look, it, this town's growing. We've got a freaking Walmart. You know, I mean, it's like the freaking South Park episode. I don't know how much South Park you've watched, but they did the whole freaking Walmart thing where literally everybody goes and shops at Walmart, right? And so all the little mom and pop shops close and everybody works at Walmart. Well, then they decide they're going to revolt, right? And they're going to go burn down the Walmart. And now they go shop only at the local place. Well, now the local place, it literally becomes the new Walmart. And then they go burn it down and start all over again. (laughs) It's just like people don't seem to understand that it's not about one individual company, right? It's like think about where you're investing your money when you spend it, right? Yeah, I I, – No, it's interesting that you say that because I think about that a lot. You know, I really, I always think like, how does, how do we, at what point do we become so unethical in how we spend our money? I think it was around the (laughs) eighties. I mean, the eighties and nineties were really, let's be honest, not a good time. Seventies weren't that great either. Like. Well, people were high in the 70s. So they but yeah, so at least doing. there was that, right? And I mean, let's let's be honest. People were really fucking high in the 80s and 90s, but it was a lot more coke, I think. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> making a lot more bad business decisions. Like... Yeah. And, and I don't I don't want to hate on Walmart. I just I think no. I kind of hate on the fact that if you live in a town and that's your expectation of, you know, financial you know, security and stability in your in your neighborhood is right. a Walmart. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Though, but that's—I mean—that that was a big deal for some people, you know. I mean, shit. I remember when I lived in California when they put a Walmart in Folsom, like you know, the town down the street from us, <laughs> not even our wow. town, and it was like, holy shit, we got a Walmart, huh? That's it. That's it. Just—I it, know it's weird, isn't it? It blows my mind that we we've kind of. Whether it's manufacturing or like consumer goods, we we've gone the cheap route, and people don't see it until it's too late. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not like anti Walmart. I'm just saying like, let's make better decisions. I mean, uh, you know, it's like you get what you pay for, right? And I think that's exactly where we're at. Like, we weren't willing to pay for this, the like the manufacturing and that that essentially what we really weren't willing to pay for was the middle class. Right. Like when it kind of boils down to it, the working manufacturing kind of blue collar middle class that used to be that bedrock of America, we decided we weren't willing to pay for it anymore. And we'd rather pay for it in China where it's a hell of a lot cheaper or Mexico that we didn't want to deal with the unions anymore. Well, it could have been both. You know, I'm sure that I think I think both of them ultimately had, you know, it, it, it was both things. Right. Because the unions got to a point where they had so much power that they started kind of throwing their weight around and just demanding shit for the fun of it. Right. Or, you know, it, it not even like saying that they didn't deserve those wages, but pushing wages beyond the point of any sort of real profitability for the company itself to the point right. where they gave them no choice, but to take stuff overseas. Right. And not to say that the unions were squarely to blame for that. I don't, I'm, I don't, I will, but Andre will. So I don't have to. So thank you. 
<laughs> I am not. A, I am not pro union. I can't. No, I, I know, but I know. I don't want it to. I didn't want it to sound like I was saying that it was the people's fault that the corporations ultimately went. Well, fuck you. I'm going to China and I'm never coming back. Like I. Well, I I think there there was opportunity on both sides, right, to have a conversation about, look, guys, we want to be able to give you what you can to be successful, and we want to share the profits with what we can, but in order for us to maintain these things here, like we, there has to be some level of concessions. And Where did we get to a point where a company was required to share profits with the employees? Well, no, not – I don't know. Not necessarily. But, I mean, if the company's successful, you reward your employees, right? Yeah, you reward them, but I, I don't feel obligated to share the profits with you. How okay? How do you? How are you going to reward them? I mean, I so that's all right. That's okay. Maybe it's semantics, and I just, I just keep thinking back to I I've heard a few progressives say that employees should own like up to twenty twenty five percent of a company. Yeah, and I, I to to that I say go. Back to communist China. Yeah, I, I, I do not subscribe <laughs> yeah. to that theory. Forced, uh, forced equity sharing of private enterprise is yeah. bullshit. I'm 100 percent on board with you there, and I don't, I don't even necessarily believe that a that a company right should should have to say, okay, here you here, you know, I'm going to dedicate 20 percent of my profits every year to you know reward my employees right that there's a there's that there needs to be equity or profit distribution within the organization i'm not saying that but that you know a successful company should have successful they should, employees they should, right? yeah they should do the right thing exactly. i i do agree with that a whole wholeheartedly i just i'm just very I, and that's what i, I meant was I'll, when i said you know share the profits blah 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 yeah i was just like no <laughs> no not and i'm not interested in wealth redistribution yeah right. yeah by force. <laughs> I'm not down with that. But I do think that a, a company should do the right. I mean, they have a responsibility to take care of their employees. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that 100%. But I also, I'll even raise you one more with that. So, yeah, the unions were part of the problem. I, I also think that the uh, states and municipalities with their uh, tax concessions are part yes. of the problem. Um, because when you show me that you're going to give me like some big deal for 10, 15 years and that term is up and I go back to the table for more and you give it to me and then eventually you say no, then I just think those things are wrong. Yeah. I mean, 100% because what are you doing? You're setting expectations, right? Right. And you're setting minimum expectations. It's just like any negotiation. If, if, you know, if I'm your agent and, or if I'm trying to get you to let me be your agent, right? If I'm trying to sign you as a client and I'm saying, all right, well, you know, is I, I'm going to need 30%, right? And you're like, well, that's fucking crazy. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, give me 15%. I can't come back next year and go, all right, well, now I want 20%. You're going to go, fuck you. You're going to do it for 15 because <laughs> you did it for 15 last year. And guess what? I'm making more, so you're making more. Right. It's, that's mean, how math works. Yeah, that's how fucking <laughs> math works. That's how percentages work. So it's I mean it's the same basic principle though, right? Like Yeah, and I and I I don't know. I'm I I I get frustrated with how we do business and like just today. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's not even designed to be successful. It's designed to be a cash out or it's designed to be an equity grab or it's designed to I don't know what it is, but it's just like, it's not, that doesn't work. Yeah. Like any basic 
economist, any first year economy student would tell you like that doesn't work. Um, but whatever. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're absolutely right because it's, you know, it's like if, if, if we are for a company, well, not a company for a, for a country that in general, I think somewhat prides itself on being built on capitalism, right? We sure do an awful lot of uncapitalistic things to prop up certain industries and, you know, like influence all of these other things by, you know, that's not a free market. You know, like when the Fed is sitting here saying we're going to intentionally lower our interest rate to make it easier for everybody else to borrow money from the banks because the banks are such dicks that they wouldn't even consider loaning money at subprime rates at this point. (laughs) Isn't that like called communism? Yeah, (laughs) it fucking is. And that's what everybody gets so upset about all the time is it's like, no, that's forced manipulation of the economy. And this isn't even just. We we keep accusing China of doing that. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm just saying there's a lot of socialist programs in our government right now. There's, there's a, a lot ton. Of and, and some of them do really government. great things, right? Like there's a reason that, that those things exist and that they're right. as popular and that, the, and the problem is when you try to do, I mean, it's like anything, right? You, do, you can't go whole hog, you know? I mean, Robert Downey Jr. said it best in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> of course he did. You never yeah. go full and that's what America has done here with Donald Jesse Helms Trump. That's a good one. You I like, like that, that one. one. I know. I like that one. We have gone full. <laughs> God, I'm going to have so much bleep work to do in this episode. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I, I want to kind of. Like, uh, just say this. Yeah. So I, I saw this uh, video of some uh, black Trump supporter saying that if we voted for Joe Biden, you'd see black men going to jail. Yeah. Can I, for anybody listening, I, and there is this, this is that as opposed to seeing them about, killed in the street? Yeah, there's this myth about the Republican Party that people seem to keep perpetuating. And I think there's a lot of black people out there that are trying to justify their their political affiliation. And let me just say for the record, you don't have to justify it. You're voting on your values and what you believe is important to you. There's no reason to justify it. But if you believe that the Republican Party is the same party of Abraham Lincoln, then you are not very up on history. So I'm just going to say this in the shortest, most concise way I can possibly say it. Well, actually, let me, let me start with this. <laughs> actually, let me backtrack. I'm not going to do yeah. that. <laughs> I voted Republican because I am anti-big government because I've never seen big government work. Period. Like, just not a big fan of it. And I've seen how large government programs have decimated entire neighborhoods and cities and i think most democrats are elitist and i think they're they're just as damaging as the the right-wing racist pos's that are out there now my point is this the republican party the abe lincoln's republican party died a long time ago period and here's how you can you understand that 
You have Harry S. Truman, who was a racist. You have George Wallace, who was a racist. You guys know what party they were part of? The Democratic Party. Jesse Helms was a card-carrying Democrat. Until? Until we put this guy, this little uh, guy named Kennedy, in office. Then you saw the migration of the... Uh, or I'm sorry, it was before Kennedy. But there was a little period with within Truman, but before JFK, where the Southern Democrats, who were the segregationist and racist POSs, switched party affiliation. And they went from Democrat to Republican. And then you saw the migration of the now Republicans that were, you know, quote unquote, uh, Lincoln Republicans switch parties to the Democratic Party. So two things are true. Yes, Southern Democrats did want to keep segregation and Jim Crow alive and well. That is true. Those same Southern Democrats later became Republicans. So George Wallace, Jesse Helms, I mean, uh, Truman, a lot of racist people came out of the Democratic Party. So let's not let's not confuse history and let's make sure that we're first of all, you don't have to justify your political affiliation. Nobody should ever feel the need to do that. You should have a reason for why you believe what you believe. That's true. But you shouldn't have to justify it. But the. The Democrat Party was the, the, the party of slavery at a certain point in history. There, it's not the same party. You don't even have the same membership. <laughs> so let's let's get let's keep that fact straight. I just think it's kind of weird that people keep throwing that out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear that stuff all the time, and I think you know, it's it's. I think it's also important. I think this is kind of where you and I very much the eye to eye is that neither political party at this point um they're not even is right. worth anything let's be honest like democrats republicans there's really ultimately at the end of the day neither one of them is going to do anything for any of us neither like, neither party if we keep the same idiots in office yeah i i mean yes it, Look, we can work within the political parties to put people in office that you know i mean i I hate to say it, but Donald Trump is kind of proof that we can work within the you know political structure that we have now to get different people. <laughs> I'll say it as nicely as I can in office, right? And so that, or I mean, shit. As Americans, like, can we get off our ass, take a freaking leap of faith, and vote independent for once in our lives? Like, if the two political parties refuse to do what we ask them to do, which is to present us with an actual solution and path forward, then I say fuck them both and figure out who the hell has a plan. And I'm a vote yeah. for that person because I'm yeah. pretty sure it's neither of the two people that I'm going to get the chance to vote for if I only pick between the two parties that are sitting in front of me right now come November. So if there's anybody else out there that has an actual plan on how they want to fix this and not just like, here's what I'm going to do, but here's the people that I'm going to tap and bring in to be part of this, then I'm going to listen to their advice on a regular basis because being the fucking president doesn't mean you have all the ideas. It means you know the people to listen to when you need their help and you know because when to ask Arnold for help. Job of the hut does not listen to, anybody but himself yeah 
Um, he actually went, made it a point today. To, his people even try to cover up for him. Oh, they. T- I mean, yeah, the freaking. I. How many press secretaries has he been through now? Yeah, the new I one. Mean, I how what? Uh, Kaylee, whatever. Gosh, she's almost as bad as freaking uh, Huckabee Sanders. No, she's no, she's in a class. She has her own class, bro. She can teach a master class, and like, I don't give a f. Yeah, like, she seriously. doesn't. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my mission and hold my head up, and you guys can't catch me. She reminds me so much of every dumb blonde sorority chick that I ever like ran into in downtown Raleigh. And for That's... any of you dumb blonde sorority chicks that might be listening, I apologize, <laughs> but at the same time. Yo, I would never say that. Yeah, <laughs> like I would never say, like you just categorize a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Look, if you intent. admit to yourself that you are a dumb blonde sorority chick, I am not saying all sorority chicks. I am not saying all blondes. I am not saying all blonde sorority chicks. I'm saying the ones that are stupid. <laughs> if you no. self-categorize at that point, I am sorry. You know what people are going to hear? They're going to hear blonde sorority chick. They're yep. not going to hear anything else. Not- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, really, though, like, it's just there's it's I don't I, I I had to stop like watching the CNN videos and stuff where they have her on it because I can't like I just can't. Yeah, she, like she is like without filter. Uh, you can tell she went to law school. Um, Do you ever think we'd miss Sean Spicer? I still don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I miss Scaramucci because he was like, oh, at least- if he'd have had that job for more than two days, that would have been entertaining. He, that dude would have said something up there that everybody would have been in, ready for. Like, yeah, Scaramucci's that dude, man. Like, he was like, no holds barred. But this this lady is, oh, she's a. She's not a beast like I admire her. She's a beast in her convictions. Yeah. Like there there is recorded evidence when she was a contributor to CNN of how she did not like Donald yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Bob Trump. But now she's all on his team, man. Yeah. It's amazing. That's like uh... she's really one that sticks to her convictions. Whatever decide made her decide to that was her mission, she is not let up, man. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I have often kind of wondered what it is that drives a person to madness, and so I think they should interview any of the people that chose to go work for Donald J.J. Reddick Trump. Um, <laughs> this is going to be the new fun game, man. <laughs> oh, but- I'm going to like sit here for a week now, just coming up with J names that we haven't used yet, so that I can just have a list. But but it, see, it's got it. There's a certain level, right? Because like you don't want to use one that's like a you know just some like, I wouldn't you know like I don't know <laughs> Jordan right like, no that's too close to Michael Jordan like <laughs> I know or Donald Jimmy Superfly Snickers. yeah exactly like that's not gonna happen he has absolutely no right to be called that like yeah God damn look at this we're at two hours and fifteen minutes holy shit oh man <laughs> okay guys well <laughs> yeah that's another one in the books and. um Again, we thank you, everybody that's listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Um, and also, you know, check us out on chrisandreshow.com, where we are definitely 
extending our thoughts on different topics. Um, I'm even know, showing up now that I got caught up on episodes and then I got behind again. So it'll probably be like another week. He now before. has permission to do other things. That's because yeah. <laughs> you can't have nice things if you don't eat your vegetables. That's I mean, right. So, uh, um, we really appreciate it. We, you know, we really enjoy doing this every week, if I'm being honest. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoy it too. Please hit us up on, uh, send us an email. Send us a, you know, we have a comment form in case you don't feel like uh, writing an email. If you have ideas, things that you'd like to, you know, give us some feedback on. One of my sons actually, you know, had me listen to Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, a, you know, pretty good stuff and gave us something to talk about additionally. Uh, so we definitely want feedback. Uh, we definitely want it, you know. Hopefully you guys enjoy this every week. And if you have other podcasts that you would recommend that we check out, um, or if you yourself have a podcast and yeah. would like us to take a listen, uh, as you notice, we will plug just about anything that we actually enjoy and listen to. And so, um, yeah, please shoot us a line and we'll shamelessly plug you if we like you and you can shamelessly <laughs> plug us if you like us. How's that? Yeah, I mean, I actually listened. It was the first time I listened to Joe Rogan. That guy does a three-hour. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I was kind of impressed until I went, "Well, shit, we do that almost every week, so it's not that big a deal." <laughs> and like, and he gets to sit there and like drink and smoke weed the whole time because he lives in California. So it's oh, like, yeah. well, I would have a beer. I wouldn't smoke the weed though. No, I know. But... You'd have a cigar though. You'd sit there. Yeah, I would smoke a cigar. You'd smoke yeah. your cigar and have your beer, and you'd you'd relax and. I love it. There was one he had Bill Burr, I think, on recently, and they were talking about masks and stuff like that. I just saw the clip, and and, and he's like asking him, you know, well, well, Fauci, blah blah blah, and, and Bill Burr. They both got cigars, and he's like, "Look, man, I'm me. You, you're, you're you. I'm not gonna sit here with you smoking a cigar, American flag behind you, and pretend like I know better than these guys at the CDC." Every week, every couple of weeks, I just kind of tune in. I go, mask, still wearing them? Yep. All right, cool. That's it. I just, I, because it's to some degree, it's like, yeah, it's just like me and you, right? Yeah. If you're listening to us going, man, these guys are idiots. Somebody needs to report them because they're, you know, criminally insane. Like, no, like this is a freaking podcast. We're just talking about shit. That's all we're doing. And that's all he's doing, right? At the end of the day, saying that he thinks that there's some cognitive issue with Joe Biden that the Democratic Party is hiding is no less ridiculous than 90% of the shit that you all post on your Facebook or Instagram pages anyway. So, again, I've offended everybody in our audience. I don't know what has gotten into me today. But I love you all. Thanks so much for listening. So once again, shut up. Shut up, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) You're making this difficult. So thank you for listening to the Chris and Andre show. We we regardless of what just came out of his uh, word vomit, we really appreciate it. I'm Andre and I'm Chris, <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. <laughs>